You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Broncos country. Let's ride with Touchdown Denver. Touchdown Denver. Hosted by Nick Ferguson and George Stoya. Touchdown Denver. All right, everybody, welcome into another episode of Touchdown Denver, hosted by myself, George Stoya, the Denver Gazette, my good friend Nick Ferguson. Uh, Nick, how you doing, man? Oh, it's spectacular, George. And hey, guess what? We were both right. Now, now all season long, we've been a little apart as far as Broncos winning, Broncos losing. But the Broncos won. How about that, George? It was, I, uh, you know, it's a miracle. A um, <laughs> January January 8th miracle. Um, as I try to fix my camera here, I'm all blurry, Nick. But, Nick, I think we got to start the show, though, with how the game started. Or, I guess, before the game even started. Uh, you were on the microphone uh, MCing, uh like, I don't even know what that was, Nick. You, you, they, somebody, somebody decided it was a good idea to let Nick Ferguson have a microphone to the entire stadium and uh, was just screaming to get everybody hyped up. And it, I guess it, uh, I guess it helped the Broncos. I mean, I don't know, Nick, did it help the Broncos today? Well, you know what, George, I do not want to take credit for the Broncos victory. Uh, for me, I just wanted to do uh, my part and help out as much as I can and get the crowd into it because, believe it or not, regardless of what the season is, I mean, we really rely on that energy from the crowd. And uh, the crowd definitely showed up. And I guess it helps when you started making some plays on the offensive side of the ball and you scored 31 points. Yeah, well, and and it just – it felt like it all kind of came together for the Broncos today, Nick, and and – uh, you know, let's just kind of start with the offensive side of the football because I, I thought that that's where uh, the game was won today. I mean, they scored a season-high 31 points, Nick. Um, you know, Russell Wilson was sharp. Uh, I think he was 13 of 24, 200-something yards, three touchdowns, one interception, uh, which the interception, I, I don't know if it was necessarily his fault. Maybe he shouldn't have thrown that ball, uh, but it was a great play uh, by the Chargers defender, deflected a couple times. And eventually caught. But Nick, what what stood out to you about the way the Broncos offense really moved the ball again this week? I mean, it, going back to even next week, we talked about it all week. They looked competent against the Chiefs, uh, moving the ball, doing some different things. They they stuck with that this week. That you saw the two back sets, the diamond set, um, you know, a lot of play action type stuff. It, it just looks like really good football. And again, it kind of makes you sit back and go, where was this all year? Yeah, that's the first thing I thought because we were seeing different uh, type of backfield sets that we had never seen before. And you're right, the offense had a little more fluidity to it. And that's the first thing that came up uh, in my mind. Like, where was this before? I know they say that Justin Allen was the OC, but was he involved with the play calling? Was it Clint Kubiak? 
what was it, uh, Nathaniel Hackett, and what it really did showcase that there were some problems in that uh, offensive room as far as scheming the plays, and even though it, it really sucks to have anyone lose their job, but how well have the Broncos' offense actually played with Hackett not being in the building? I had to unmute myself there, Nick. I just went on a, a little bit of a tangent there about Nathaniel Hackett. I've got all sorts of problems here. My camera's messing up. Uh, I mute myself. But, yeah, Nick, I, I think that Hackett obviously was a part of the problem. You and I have dissected that. It, he was obviously an issue, and, and there was a lot of things um, that he did that, that probably hindered this team. Now, that said, I still think there's still some issues with this team, Nick. Like this, this, and we'll get into this later, but like there's still, uh, you know, times that, that, you know, they go to sleep, it seems like on offense or defense, even that opening drive, um, you know, the, the Chargers were able to go right down the field. So, um, yeah, I, I think that, 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 yeah, it, it makes you wonder if Justin Allen was the play caller all year, would this have been a different team? I don't know. I, I don't know if they would have still reached the playoffs. I still think that they need to get, better you know players on the offensive line i think they they have some holes in some other areas they need some other playmakers to step up but i thought overall man like sunday showed that maybe this team can be pretty good in the future yeah it, it did and, and here's the biggest thing is that we saw improvement i, I know i mean it, it's it's not the record that you want five and twelve and missing the, the playoffs and going through another head coach uh search but George Payton said this dating back to the week they went over across the pond to play the Jacksonville Jaguars. He just wanted to see improvement. And that's what we've seen in the past two weeks. The Broncos in the first meeting with the Kansas City Chiefs, they kind of went toe-to-toe. They had a great second half. Then they played them well on their home field, which you know none of us thought at first that they would be able to do that, that this would be a team that was licking their wounds and looking to the offseason and just kind of the woe is me type of attitude, but they continue to fight. And then coming to the game and looking as though they were playing against the Chargers team, which everyone thought coming in, well, maybe the Chargers will decide to sit their starters, but that's the one thing, George, that makes today's game so important. The Broncos won a game, of course, great, awesome, but they beat a team that's going to the playoffs. I mean, when you think about it, the Broncos, as, as, as awful as the season has been thus far, they beat the Jags, who are headed to the playoffs. They beat the Chargers, headed to the playoffs. They beat the 49ers, who are going to play this upcoming Saturday on Wild Card Weekend. So those are three teams that they did beat who are playoff bound. So that tells you that some of the talent is there, right? Yeah, you mentioned the offensive line. They, have, they need to change that. But some of the talent is there, George. But they did a good job, and, and I'm really proud of the work that they put in today. Yeah, I, again, you know, some of the veteran guys really stepped up today. Again, Nick, Latavius Murray, again, we're the, you know, co-captains of the, you know, Latavius Murray fan club here. Uh, 15 <laughs> carries, 103 yards, a touchdown. Dude was just a stud again today, um, deserving of another game ball. I believe he got one. Uh, Justin Simmons, right, leader of this team last mm-hmm. several years, comes up with two forced fumbles. Uh, first uh a Broncos safe to do that, Nick, since John Lynch uh, in 2005. I don't know if you know that. But your, your your good buddy John Lynch was the last safety to do that uh, for the Broncos in one game. Um, you know, you had some young guys even step up, Nick. How about Jaquan McMillan? Yeah. Uh, my guy. I, I was talking to him after the game, 
And I said, Hey man. And he goes, I remember you. And I was like, yep. I talked to you back in training camp uh, and wrote a little story on him. And um, you know, he was impressive back then. I know he had a couple injuries this year. Didn't get any playing time all year. Comes in, plays great. Gets still gets, gets robbed of an interception of a pick six. Uh, uh, that was such yeah. a brutal call. I couldn't believe they didn't overturn that. Um, and I, I still think if they would have called it an interception on the field, which they should have, uh, because that's what a referee should do is let the play happen as if it were one, uh, they wouldn't have overturned it and it would have been an interception. But oh well. I was talking to him after the game. Uh, great kid. I uh, was super excited for that moment. So good for him. Uh, Jerry Judy, we'll get into a little bit later. Five catches, 154 yards. Great game. So yeah, Nick, I think that you look at this and you take away that yeah, it's disappointing the way the season ended, but there are there were a lot of you know bright spots um, you know that that really showed out today, and I, I think that that was the most impressive part for me, Nick. What, what was something that uh, you took away from this game? Uh, maybe it was the offense, defense, whatever. Maybe it was a certain player. Oh, what maybe impressed you the most? Well, how about Cortland Sutton finally getting in the yeah. end zone? I think it was what uh, dating back to Week Four which is hard to believe that it's taken him this long to get into the end zone. And I know, I know a lot of these guys have incentives in their contract and Sutton being one of those guys. Now that one touchdown is not going to get him closer to his uh, seasonal bonus. But at the same time, it was great to see him get into the end zone. Eric Thomason. How about that? You know, getting involved with the action. So he had two this year, Nick. Yes. Two this year, And he yes. didn't have any uh, in his, his previous years. Yeah, so so that's a season high for Eric Thomason. So to me, it was all around great game offensively to see them move the ball down the field and have explosive plays. And how about Russell getting outside the pocket? So many people are saying that, well, what are you going to do to fix him, right? Like he's broken or, or, or he's washed. To me, we saw a lot of vintage Russell Wilson plays rolling outside the pocket and throwing on the run. So that was great to see. Nick, what'd you like about Jerry Rosberg these last two weeks? Because uh, our good pal Jerry, I, I highly doubt we hear from him again uh, anytime soon. Uh, I, I think that he's kind of made it clear that uh, he, he probably won't get back into coaching. Um, you know, obviously he retired after the the 2018 season in Baltimore. Gets asked to come back. It's thrown into an, a weird situation these last two weeks. But what'd you think uh, of the way Jerry went out on top today? I, I really like that because he talked about it early in the week, wanting to send these fans, these players, these coaches who are going to be out of work uh, tomorrow. He wanted to send them off with, with the W. And, you know, Jerry Rossberg may not coach another NFL game as a head coach, but right now he stands 500, right? He is – he went toe-to-toe with Kansas City and should have won that game if it were not for uh, – let me guess – officials yes those zebras uh cost the broncos a game and almost try to do it again today but rossberg had those guys playing uh i guess an expired inspired uh st- style of football and he gave justin Allen uh, an opportunity to really showcase what he can do and with all the bad things that everyone said about this team about russell the play call and whatever now we got a chance to see in two and back-to-back weeks you know, maybe Clint Kubiak and Justin Allen in, in concert with one another put up a nice little product on the field. One week you scored 28 points. The next week you scored 31 points. Could you imagine, George, 
where would the Broncos would be at this particular point if they were able to put those types of points on the board and, and dig this first game of the season, two farmers inside the red zone, right? And they, and they didn't beat Seattle. Now Seattle is going to the playoffs. Yeah, Nick, I think I saw somewhere that uh, if the Broncos scored 20 points in every game this year, I think they would have finished like 10 and seven or 11 and six and would have made the playoffs. Uh, obviously would have kind of flipped roles there with the chargers, obviously who are headed to the playoffs. Uh, so that again, you look back and you're like, damn, what, what could have been with this group. Right. Um, but I do think Justin Alton deserves his flowers, right? These last two weeks, man, the offense has been rolling. And again, I don't know how much is him. He's obviously has a hand in it. Right. Um, I don't know if, if Jerry Rosberg is actually an offensive genius and we just didn't know it. And he's the guy behind the scenes that, you know, change some of what they're doing. I highly doubt that. But I think, honestly, a lot of this coaching staff, Nick, again, a lot of these guys probably won't be back next year, right? Uh, uh, we'll get into that later this week. But for them to go out these last few weeks uh, when they're really not playing for anything, Nick, they're playing for pride, right? Um, they're, they're playing for their next contract or whatever. But for these coaches to have, you know, these guys prepared these last few weeks, uh, despite everything going on, you know, inside the organization, I think is a credit to those guys. And um, it's, again, it's going to be interesting to see where some of them land because, I mean, I think Justin Alton has proved enough these last couple of weeks that he deserves a shot, you know, somewhere, maybe not to be a play caller right away, but uh, to contribute in some fashion to an NFL team. I think he, the guy clearly is helpful. I think Clint Kubiak has proven that throughout his career uh, and some of these other coaches. So it, again, it's going to be interesting to see how that all shakes out. Well, George, that's the rather, a disappointing part of this whole situation, especially after the performance that we've seen from the offense over the past two, two days, I mean, two weeks, but you think about those, those coaches, some of those offensive coaches who probably said in those offensive meetings, heard things kind of uh, put together from a game plan plan standpoint, and were not really on board with what was actually going on. And because you're an assistant coach, you can't really speak up and say the things that you want to say to say, coach, hey, maybe we should do this. Maybe we shouldn't do that. But it's it's unfortunate that because they didn't have the ability to speak up in that way, that they, too, find themselves on the unemployment line with Nathaniel Hackett. And I think, to me, that's one of the travesties when we look at this 2022 season for the Denver Broncos. Yeah. It definitely is. And again, it, it, we'll see what happens. I mean, I, obviously, I think a lot of the offensive staff will be gone. I know the defensive staff, uh, obviously, Jero Evero's interviewing for the head coaching job. So if he gets it, he's going to be around. And I think there's a chance that whoever comes in as the next head coach is want is going to want to keep him um, as their defense coordinator because you saw what they were able to do. But um, as for the offensive guys, again, we'll see in the, in the coming days what, what happens. Uh, but, Nick, we got to take a quick break. Uh, and then we'll dive into some of these individual performances uh, from, you know, guys like Jerry Judy, Russell Wilson. I, I want to dive into some of what he said post game because, uh, man, did he give us a lot, Nick, 30 minutes worth of, <laughs> of audio there from his press conference. But yeah, uh, what you asked for, George. <laughs> yeah, we'll dive into all of that here after this quick break. Let's ride with Touchdown Denver. Touchdown Denver. Hosted by Nick Ferguson and George Stoya.
All right, everybody, we're back from that quick break. Uh, and, Nick, we mentioned one guy earlier that, that really had another big game. Uh, Jerry Judy, 154 yards on five receptions. Didn't get in the end zone, Nick, but uh, that's his season high uh, this year, 154 yards. I believe his previous high was 117 uh, this season. He was only, I want to say, was it 28 yards short of, of reaching 1,000 yards oh, wow. um, this season, which, which you could tell, too, Nick, at the end of the game, they were trying to get him the ball yeah, yeah. Uh, to hit that mark. I think they knew. Uh, but, Nick, what do you think uh, of Jerry's performance? And, and I, I'm guessing it gives you a lot of confidence that this guy can be their number one guy going forward. Well, I love what I saw, George. And, I mean, I, I figured this out a while back that, you know, Jerry Judy was the bona fide number one receiver. With Cortland Sutton being out for a couple of weeks, it allowed the Broncos to move Jerry around and really showcase his ability and his versatility. And it, it showed it showed today. I mean, Cortland Sutton was on the field. But Jerry had more yards than a Cortland Sutton. That tells you the connection that both he and Russell were having. And from for one, I thought it was really important for Jerry to Judy to go out there and have a great showing today because it is the last game of the 2022 season. And also looking at that fifth-year option, will the team pick it up? You got darn right they're going to pick it up because you saw what Jerry can actually do if he is kind of the focal point of this offense. And I just think about it from this standpoint. If you get back uh, a healthy Tim Patrick and you get back KJ Hamler, imagine what that uh, foursome would actually look like when we talk about putting those guys on the field against opposing defenses. Yeah, he, I mean, these last few weeks, Nick, Jerry has has proven to me that he's the guy that they drafted, right? I think that there's been some of those question marks. We, we've seen the flashes. We've seen the potential uh, that he could be, you know, uh, you know, on that same tier as guys like a Justin Jefferson or Devontae Adams. And, and he's not there yet, right? He's still not there. We got to see more. But these last few weeks, Nick, uh, six of his last seven games, he's had over at least 65 yards receiving. Um, that's impressive. Yeah. And, and it's consistency, right? That's been the biggest thing with him. Is like he'd have some breakout games here or there, right? You look at the Seattle game to start the year. He had 102 yards uh, in that game. He had 117 yards against the Rams a few weeks ago uh, in that loss. But like they were here and there. Now it's, he's showing some consistency. He's showing uh, that he can do it every single Sunday. And that, to me, uh, shows that he's growing. He's maturing as a player. And he's also staying healthy, right? Uh, he's right. had some injuries. And I think that's been the biggest thing that's maybe hindered him the last you know few years or a couple of years is the is the injuries popping up. So if he can stay healthy, man, like this is a guy that that can be a difference maker for you. Well, George, when you look at uh, you know Jerry Judy over the past couple of weeks, like you said, I mean, do you think he can be like a Jamar Chase, a Justin Jefferson, or a Ceedee Lamb, or Brandon Ayuk for the Denver Broncos? Do you see him in, in on that same level? I do. I think he has that potential. Uh, is he there yet? No, but I, I mean, I, I still think he can get there, right? Like I think he has every ability in the world to be like a CD lamb or Jamar chase. Now I think Justin Jefferson has put himself on a tier that no one else is on maybe other than Devonte Adams. So I'm not going to put him there yet. Uh, but in terms of other guys, you know, that were around his draft class in terms of CD lamb and, and Jamar chase, I think he's right there, man. Like, I think he's really close he needs, he needs more consistent quarterback play, which I think he'll get, and we'll get into Russell Wilson here in a second. Uh, and I think he needs the right offensive system, right? I think we saw this year 
I mentioned the, the 60 yards over the last, uh, what, six out of the last seven games. That also coincides with him playing in different spots, right? Uh, right. That, that plays with him playing the X, uh, playing some different spots. He's not just playing in the slot. They're doing some different things with him. They're getting creative. Like that's like whoever comes in as the next offensive coordinator and play caller, that needs to happen, right, uh, to, to get him the ball because I think that's been part of the issue. I mean, the Pat Shermer offense clearly wasn't uh, fit for him either. We, we don't need to dive into that. But, oh, but yeah, but no. I think, again, like I said, I think it, it, it speaks to his growth. And he talked about that, Nick, after the game. And we have the audio right here from DenverBroncos.com uh, where Jerry's talking about his growth over this last season. Uh, I feel like I was just getting consistent opportunities and I was just taking advantage of them opportunities, you know, and um, when I did get the ball, you know, I just wanted to make, make a play every every chance I get. So I felt like that just a mixture of physicality and just want, want to score and just want to be able to bring that spark to the offense. And he's brought it, Nick, and he's brought that spark. And, and again, I think that 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 comment kind of speaks to his maturity, too, is just saying taking advantage of his opportunities. And, and again, he's got to stay healthy because I, I think, again, he, he – Last year, I think he would have had this type of season if he didn't miss. Well, what did he miss? Like seven weeks, maybe. Uh, yeah, seven because he got injured in the early part. Uh, the first game of that the Giants. I game. think. Yeah. Yeah, the Giants game. Yeah, and uh, so again, that's probably the biggest thing is him just staying healthy. Well, George, that's the one thing that you cannot really control uh, right. as a player: the fact that when you get injured, the type of injury that you do sustain. And I just think it's a little bizarre. You know, when, when guys get drafted high, they get an injury. Oh, well, you know, he's a buzz and he's plagued by injuries. I mean, if you ask any player, that's the last thing they would want to happen, but it is a part of the game and you just have to kind of work through it. You just hope as a, from a player standpoint that, you know, you if, you if you were to get an injury, that you can kind of work through it and get yourself back on the field. And Jerry Judy, he's, he's definitely displayed his skill set to every person. Now I'm hoping that the naysayers that have said so many negative things about Jerry would actually change their minds based on what they say. And I know they say, well, a, a leopard could change their spots. Maybe for certain people in the local media, maybe not, but hopefully it gives them something where they can look at the game from today and say, you know what? There's something special about Jerry Judy. And he's right. If he is involved in an offensive game plan, these are the type of numbers that he can actually put up. Yeah. And again, it felt like sometimes Nick, these last few years that he wasn't a part of the game plan or maybe the ball just wasn't going his way, which just makes no sense because you right. watch the guy that he had a move tonight. I don't even know if it was on a pass play. I think it might've been uh, the end around or something where he, uh, he, he might've ended Cleo Mack's career breaking his ankles out there on the edge <laughs> and uh and beat him because it looked like it was it was a play that looked dead dead to right. Yeah, right? It looked like, he was gonna, like that. Yeah. Yeah, he like he was gonna lose yards. He makes one move, makes Khalil Mack go to the ground, and then he picks up 12 yards on the ground. And it's like, you know, that's the type of dude, right? That that you yeah. want on your football team. So um, you know, props to him. I thought he played really well down the stretch of this season. Uh and, and again, I'm excited to see what he can do next year. And I also mentioned it, Nick. It's going to hinder somewhat on Russell Wilson, right? Uh, you got to have great quarterback play. What did you think of, of Russell's performance tonight? It feels like Nick. I'd have to look up his stats, and I will hear while you while you talk. But felt like these last few games of the season, Russell really started to find a groove. I don't know if that was the play calling. Obviously, these last two weeks, I think that that helped. Um, you know, kind of throw the Rams game out the window. But 
um, you know, th- th- these last few games, it felt like Russell was finally hitting a groove. Yeah, that's because they were getting him outside the pocket. Like in that first half of the of today's game, Russ was trying to throw, uh, make plays from the pocket, and, and it wasn't working well because we saw some of the same issues. You know, leaky protection, hands in his face. You know, he had to rush passes, and he's trying to scramble and get out of there. And he still got outside the pocket and made a couple of plays because there were moments where it looked like he was going to go down because he was expecting a sack because the, 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 the pocket started to collapse around him. And he kind of like ducked and maneuvered out and realized, oh, hey, I'm outside the pocket. So let me throw the ball down the field. So it was great to see Russell do that. And he did speak about how things had, had changed somewhat subtly, you know, working with Clint and working with uh, Coach Alvin. And maybe that was one of the biggest things that Jerry Rosberg brought to the Denver Broncos, putting Alvin in the box and leaving, you know, Russell's quarterback coach, which is Clint Kubiak, on the sideline, because that's the one guy that works with Russell consistently. So you want to make sure it was some extra, extra dialogue there. So it was great to see Russell somewhat change over the past two weeks, but I still have that burning question. Why so late, George? Why? I don't know, Nick, but you need to know that I was right over these last four games. Um, Russell was. Oh, you want to point that out, huh? (laughs) I I am. These last four games, Nick, uh, Russell Wilson, um, I believe, um, if I'm reading these stats correctly, threw for eight touchdowns in the final four games, uh, threw for over at least 215 yards in the last four games, and had a completion percentage. Uh, an average completion percentage over the final four games over 65%, which is the highest that he's had all year, I believe. Um, he had a 70, I mean, highest average over a four game span. So that's pretty good, Nick. Uh, again, we'll see what happens next year, and we'll, we'll obviously have all offseason to talk about that. Um, but I, I think it does give you just a little, a little glimmer of hope uh, that they can fix this, right? And I think I think what you're talking about, though, Nick, is a good sign for whoever comes in here next. Right. And again, we don't know who's going to get retained. I doubt a lot of these guys are back offensively, including Kubiak and, and Alton, who, who did a good job these last few weeks. But I think it maybe is a, is a good sign for whoever they bring in here that say, hey, make sure your quarterback coach uh, is the guy on the sideline. Right. Somebody that is very, you know, has a good relationship with Russell's working with them often. Uh, and then whoever you trust to call plays up in the box. I think that that, that clearly worked for him. And, and again, it goes back to Nick, you know, Hackett wasn't in the box calling plays, right. When he was out there, Kubiak went up in the box, but then all of a sudden you don't have a quarterback coach on the sideline. And then it takes him all the way to the last few weeks to figure out what's, what's actually the best option. Uh, I do think that that, that played a factor in, in Russell playing better down the stretch. Well, that's when we, when you put those words together, the first thing you, that comes to my mind is that is on full display of what was going on with this coaching staff, right? You would think that those things would be worked out before we even get to the regular season. Who's going to be in the box? Who's going to be on the field? Why is it important to have your quarterback coach there with the quarterback when he comes off the field? It reminds me of the time when I coached for the 49ers and every time, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo came off the field or C.J. Beathard or, or Nick Mullins, I mean, there was Rich Gangarello there every single time. Was, was Kyle there helping out? Yeah, absolutely. And then you had Mike McDaniels in the box. 
you have to start to figure these things out early because the idea is that what system or formula, whatever you want to call it, works best for your quarterback. Because if, if we're going to continue to say, well, the quarterback is the most important player, well, you better give him, you know, all the coverage and all the support he needs. If not, now you run the risk of having a season like the Broncos had this year. Yeah, definitely. And and I think that I, I think that they know that. I think the Broncos know that. And I think Russell even knows. I mean, I I, I know you listened to his 30-minute um, dissertation on the Why season. Why you saying that? <laughs> because it was long, man. It was long. And I was I was like, listen, I was like, listen, Russ, it's been a long year, man. Uh and, and you know, he made us wait over an hour after the game, which is fine, you know, and then gets up there. I will say though, we probably won't get to talk to him again. Uh, probably, I I honestly don't know when we'll talk to him again. Maybe, uh, you know, maybe he'll do like Radio Row at the Super Bowl or something. But I, I I don't believe he'll be speaking again to the media for quite some time. So I appreciate him taking the time to to talk to us after the game. But uh, it was quite long. But he he talked about Nick uh, that that he didn't play up to his standard. Right? He he didn't. He he was humbled this year. I think it was the way he phrased it. Um, and, and but he knows deep down and of course Russell's going to say this and he said it all year that he can that he can get back to where he was and I believe him Nick mm-hmm. uh and maybe I'm in the minority of some of the local media that have been criticizing of him and not even national media right that have been very critical of him but I, I believe that he can get back to that and again I, I saw somebody put out Nick the throw that he made to um I think it was Jerry down the sideline and he's rolling out he's on the run somebody's chasing him down and he's about to go out of bounds and he just wings it 50 yards down the field on a dime to Jerry Judy. Washed up quarterbacks don't make that throw, Nick. No, um, guys don't. that guys that can play in this league, uh, guys that can play in this league at a high level make that throw. Uh, that's 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 the type of throw you see from Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, those type of players. So that those kind of things should tell me he can still play. And I think it also shows that again, you get the right people in here, the right people in place. Uh, this guy can win football games. Is he going to be, you know, MVP of the league? Probably not. But this guy can play at a really high level. Well, you really don't need a guy to come in and be the MVP. I mean, it's great if it happens. But, I mean, how many times have we seen Aaron Rodgers win the MVP, right, and not really go far in the playoffs? I mean, all you have to do is go to uh, basketball. James, James Harden. Wins a couple of MVPs, but guess what? That, that's it, right? And you want more than just that. You want a championship. You want a guy to be able to get you there. And the way you get there is by playing sound, balanced, complementary football and having a quarterback that can get those explosive plays on occasion. But he's going to take what the defense gives him. And I know it's not the most popular thing because no one likes – checkdowns and fans feel as though they didn't come to uh, a stadium to see checkdowns. But for those fans, checkdowns equal first downs and first downs equal touchdowns. So to me, that's a simple philosophy opposed to having someone that is constantly chucking it down the field and constantly turning the ball over. So I like what I saw. Hopefully it's a continuation. Hopefully, you know, things change for the Denver Broncos. And yes, George, I'm glad you finally came around. All that 28 minutes that Russ gave, guess what? The media is going to miss that when you're not hearing from Russ during the offseason. So I just say soak it up, you know, be a team player, 
and it took tw- 28 minutes. So what? So be it. And let's just kind of put this one behind us and look forward to seeing what happens in the 2023 season with the Denver Broncos. Yeah, I just knew I had a really important podcast to record. Oh, and, you know, okay. I was like, yeah, Russell. But uh, I, I did, I, I did think it was funny that he, you know, said that 2023 season starts at 5:30 a.m. 5:30. So set your alarm clocks, uh, Broncos country. Um, get ready for another another fun ride. But uh, but yeah, I, I think uh, yeah. I mean, look. <laughs> I, that's how I ended my uh, that's how I ended my gamer, Nick. I thought you'd find that pretty funny, but, uh, uh, but we got we got to take a break, Nick. Uh, we can dive into some more Russell, but let's uh, let's also dive into kind of what we think of this season as a whole uh, and some other topics before we get out of here. But let's let's take a let's take a quick break. Let's ride with Touchdown Denver. Touchdown Denver. Hosted by Nick Ferguson and George Stoya. We're back from that quick break. Uh, Nick, we were talking some Russell Wilson. And and I wanted to lead that into, because he talked about, Nick, I think his line was, yeah, the season didn't go as we wanted to. It was a tough year. It was a humbling year. Uh, But it was also a very rewarding year rewarding year um do you think when you look back at this season obviously no season is 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 worthless right in the nfl i mean there's always takeaways you can have from it when you look back at this season um you know what are the positives to take away and and what is that reward that that russell's talking about well the positives to take away from the season was that we saw a lot of young players get an opportunity to play who ordinarily wouldn't have received that opportunity and that opportunity they were presented with because guys were, were injured and they were kind of forced uh, into action. And that, that's a great part about this game. Sometimes you never know when your number is going to get called, but when it does, can you elevate your level of play? We saw Lamar Jackson come in and we saw him play. We saw Damari Mathis see extended uh, minutes because, Hey, you know, uh, corners were injured and they had to find a way to get him into the lineup. And because Mathis was playing so well and build up that confidence, the team decided to part ways with Michael Ojemudia. So th- that tells you right there. Then also we saw Jerry Judy kind of come out of his shell and really show people what he is capable of. And, and I'm proud that he was able to do it. And the biggest thing for me is regardless of how the season ended up, the team continued to fight. I can't tell you uh, that, I mean, I oh, I can tell you that I've been on some teams where our records were similar, but guys were already thinking about what they're going to do in the offseason, and guys had already had their cars packed for that last game. This was a team that continued to fight, so that was very impressive from what I saw uh, this past season. Yeah, I think the fight was impressive right at the end of the year. Um, you know, I think even – after Hackett was fired, their response, right, from the mm-hmm. guys. And, and Jerry Rosberg deserves a lot of credit for that. But I think it also speaks to the veterans on this team, Nick. When you have a guy like Justin Simmons who has every reason, Nick, to be fed up with uh, losing, uh, not making the playoffs, um, you know, things just not going his way, right? I mean, even in a season that he has a career year this year, that the guy should have made the, made the Pro Bowl – 
but didn't get in probably because he missed a few games due to injury. Like every, every reason to complain, he gets up there at, at the podium at the end of the year and says, yeah, it was a really tough year, uh, but I'm proud of our group. And he knows that this thing is going in the right direction. And I think that, again, that, that ability to play hard kind of reflects the leadership of this group. And even Cortland Sutton, um, Nick, I don't know if you caught any of his postgame interview, which was just in the locker room. He was um, he was dropping a lot of f bombs, Nick. Um, yeah, I, the, I missed that. I missed that one. Uh, it was, and it was one of them was um, the uh, give a bleep meter, is what he said. Yeah. Um, and that their their give a bleep meter was high at the end of the year, and that 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 to him showed you know showed progress with this group, and that you know young guys still you know um, gave a bleep is what he said. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he goes that that to me tells me all I need to know about this year. Yeah, it didn't go the way that they wanted, but it, they have the right guys. They think that can uh, you know get this thing turned around. And and I think that that's that's again like I don't want to sit here and pump sunshine. The season is what it is, right? Um, the film shows you what it is, right, Nick? The film never lies. I know that's something the players always say. And they were five and twelve. They were a bad football team this year. Right. But I think the film also shows you that they've got some really nice pieces. Uh, if they can fit them in the right places and find the person that can fit them in the, those right places, this can be a good football team. And and I feel like that that's maybe been the takeaway several several years now here in Denver. They just haven't had the right person maybe to fit those pieces together. Well, I believe it was uh, my former coach, Bill Parcells, who once said that you are what your record indicates. And if you were better than that, your record would uh, show something different. So this was a, a five and 12 team when you needed the offense to show up and score points uh, down the stretch, they couldn't do it. Then it seemed like the defense took their chance and took, and took their part into it because when they needed to stop, they were not able to get a stop uh, at all. And when you look at the game today, even though the Broncos won the game and, you know, you talked about Justin Simmons forcing uh, two, two fumbles. If he doesn't force those two fumbles, those lead to, points for the Chargers and think about the opening drive that the Chargers went down the field I think uh eight plays 72 yards and they scored and you were asking yourself where is the defense why are they not living up to the to their standards so once again that this team still had some some holes they need to plug but overall when you look at you know the team and how they fought uh Russell uh, being really open, admitting that he was not playing at the level that uh, he can play at, and then seeing a lot of the guys who were not really involved in the early part of the season really get involved. You have to be optimistic about next season. And I, I, I know it, it's, you know, things are ending on a bitter note because the season is over and everyone's want, asking those questions. Why wasn't this style of play you know, prevalent during the early part of the season. Once again, depending on who comes in here as a head coach, uh, I'm, I'm confident that that person will be able to turn things around. But like I've said before, you know, George, the biggest hire that you can have is not your head coach. It is your offensive coordinator right now. Yeah, and I think I think you could also say that the other biggest thing that they need to do is keep Giro Evero. Um you know, I mentioned him earlier, Nick, in the locker room. It was it was a theme in in the post game 
a lot of the questions weren't a t- it, it, you know there were a couple questions about the game but a lot of it was you know coaching search related um you know takeaways big picture from the season things like that and I thought it was interesting Nick anytime you ask the defensive players about the coaching search every single one of them Nick every single one I talked to Baron Browning Kareem Jackson uh Justin Simmons Pat Sertan Draymond Jones uh Deshaun Williams Mike Purcell every single one of them Nick brought up Ajero Avero and said you know, one advocated him for him for the head coaching job, said that he'd absolutely 100% deserves it here or somewhere else, that they could see it working out yeah. that way. But then they said, and if they hire somebody else here, they need to bring back Evero. Every single one of them said that, Nick. Um, and they were very open about it, about keeping Evero and that he was sort of the, the secret behind uh, why they were so good defensively. And obviously they've got great players, but – there's a reason why they finished nearly top five in every single defensive category. And so it's going to be interesting to see, you know, if Evero sticks around again, you and I've talked about it. I don't think he's going to get the head coaching job in Denver. Maybe he does. Maybe I'm wrong about that. Um, But he's a guy that I think they got to keep man, because if they can bring him back in, you know, they're bringing back a lot of these defensive guys. I think they'll be really good on that side of the ball, but you're hundred percent right, Nick, they got to go get the right offensive coach as well on that side. Um, but Nick, I, I wanted to ask you as we as we close out our final post game pod of the year here, who who are some of your your MVPs this season for this group? Um, you know, who who are some guys that you really thought stood out this season? I know we mentioned quite a few in, in terms of Jerry Judy and a couple of those guys, but um, who are some guys that maybe were underappreciated or a guy that um, is just your MVP for this team? Well, for me, the obvious guy is Jerry Judy. Uh, based on what he was able to do. I think uh, you said earlier he was, what, maybe 20 yards shy of 1,000 yards. Yeah. And th- that that's incredible for a player who most felt as though he lacked the skills to be a top receiver in this league. So Jerry Judy would get my vote. But another guy that would definitely get my vote because people have said things about him and his long tenure in the NFL, and that's Latavius Murray. I don't care how long you play in this league. If you're still able to go out there and play the running back position, I mean, let's be totally honest, the running back position and you've been in the league uh, 10 years, that says a lot about your durability and your ability, your confidence from the coaches to really hand you the ball. So he would be my second offensive MVP. Now switching over to the defensive side of the ball, the first person I'm going to call out is the only Hall of Fame, not Hall of Fame, what am I talking about? He's, he's a future Hall of Fame guy in my mind, and uh, he made the Pro Bowl, and that's uh, Pat Sertan. I thought he should have made the Pro Bowl his first year, but he didn't. But he showed you why George Payton decided to draft him in the first round. And I rounded out by saying a guy who is on an expiring deal, the Broncos are going to have to find a way to bring him back, and that is the team leading tackler in Alex Singleton. He was a guy that no one thought would be in this role. And I don't think he thought he would be in this role, George, but he fit into the role pretty well, and he's the team leading tackler. Listen to this stat, Nick, on Alex Singleton, which I agree. I think he's an MVP of this group. Uh, He has 152 tackles. That does not include special teams tackles. I believe with special teams tackles, he's at like 162 maybe. Uh, But 152 tackles this season. That's the most by a Broncos player since Michael Brooks in 1992, Nick, who had no 170. Wow. Yeah, since 1992. I told him that after the game, 
and uh, what do you say? Just, he just shrugged it off, man. He was just like, he's like, oh, he's like, oh, that's pretty cool. He goes, I guess, you know, I'll look back on that. And I, I was like, dude, you're only here like maybe one year. Like, that's a pretty cool thing to be in the Broncos, like record books like that. Yeah. He's like, yeah, it'll mean something more to me in, you know, when I, 10 years from now. And I'm like, man, that's, that's a 30 year old, you know, you have the most tackles since, since in 30 years for the franchise. That's pretty impressive. So uh, always humble Alex Singleton. And then, uh, Nick Latavius Murray is the other one that you mentioned. Did you know, Nick, since they cut Melvin Gordon, the Broncos not only never lost a fumble since they lost, since they cut Melvin Gordon, they also never put it on the ground. Mm. Latavius Murray uh, has not fumbled, I believe, in the last like four years of his career, which is just an incredible stat uh, for a guy that's been, you know, in this league that long. Uh, but he currently, Nick, has uh, the fourth – he's tied for the fourth most uh, touchdowns among active running backs in the NFL, only behind Derrick Henry, who's obviously a future Hall of Famer, right. uh, Ezekiel Elliott and Mark Ingram. So – and he's tied, believe it or not, with Melvin Gordon. Um, so, you know, hats off to him. Again, we're the, we're, we're the, we're the uh, presidents of the uh, Latavius Murray fan club. I, I even started the hashtag, hashtag bring back Latavius Murray. <laughs> um, you know, you gotta, you gotta, you, I, I, if they don't bring him back, like that's craziness to me. Like that guy deserves, even if it's like, you know, like a very small deal, like that guy, what he did this year for them, he deserves to be brought back. So uh, I hope to see him. Other guys that I think stand out, Nick, uh, I thought Quinn Miners had a really good year. I know we don't always give the offensive line a ton of love. Uh, they had a rough year, but when Quinn Miners was in the game this year, it felt like he was maybe their best offensive lineman. So I'm, I'm going to give him some props. I thought the I thought Eric Tomlinson had a good year. I mean, he's another guy. I think he he was the only guy. Him and Sobert were the only guys that played in every single game for the Broncos this year um, on the offensive side of the ball. Defensively, I think you nailed it. Pat Sertan, Alex Singleton. I got to throw out. To Justin Simmons, man, that guy was unbelievable yeah. this year. I mean, when he was healthy, man, he was a difference maker every single game. Um, you know, six interceptions, yeah, leads the league, I believe, um, or at least is tied for the league league high. But uh, he deserves some love. I, you know, Kareem Jackson, Nick, I thought he was really interesting after the game. Talked that he still thinks he can play a few more years, and then he wants to be back in Denver. Looks good to me, man. Like he played every single game this year. I know he's the oldest guy on the team. I think at 30, what is he, 34, maybe? Maybe. Uh, which I think Russell, Russell might be a year older than him. But, uh, you know, he he looked looked good out there this year. Maybe they bring him back. Um, you could always use a guy like him on the team. You know, shout out uh, all the guys that played the other side of the corner. Ronald Darby, mm -hmm. uh, you know, obviously goes down. Demari Mathis comes in, plays great. Jaquan McMillan, my guy, great game today. Um, but, uh, you know, I still think they need they need some help on the edge. It'll be interesting to see what they do there this offseason, but uh, I don't really have a whole lot of qualms with the uh, with the defense. Well, we'll get, get into uh, the defense later on in the week because there's some uh, glaring issues about the defense uh, moving forward that they need to change, whether uh, Coach Evero remains as their defensive coordinator or they bring someone else in here. It really doesn't make a difference because you're going to have the similar personnel yeah, there are going to be a couple of guys who are not going to be here, and definitely we're going to go over that this offseason. But there are some glaring issues about the, the defense when they're on the field that kind of expose uh, some of their weaknesses, and the Chargers did a great job of doing that today. Yeah, definitely. And, and again, they've got a lot of 
choices to make, Nick, uh, this this offseason. 25 free agents, I believe, uh, for the Broncos. So you're looking at a, a really big group that mm-hmm. you could see leave, and I'm sure they'll try and go out and upgrade at a few spots as well. Um, so it's going to be a really interesting offseason. Now I think the first first thing is, is the head coaching search, and you and I will dive into that more this week and in the coming weeks. I do think that that's going to take some time. I know a lot of people out there think they're going to turn around and hire Jim Harbaugh tomorrow. I can tell you that's not going to happen. Um, you know, they can't even interview in person uh, until I think January 17th. So 17. that's kind of the date to circle for now. And I would assume a week, two weeks, maybe three weeks after that. And if, you know, and if they go after somebody that's playing in the Super Bowl, let's say they want to hire Leslie Frazier, the Bills defensive coordinator, and they're playing the Super Bowl. Uh, we may not know till you know, after the Super Bowl, um, I, you know, who knows? We'll, we'll see what happens, but Nick, um, any final thoughts for our final post game show of the year? Yeah. My, my final thoughts are that, Hey, uh, for once over this long, arduous, disappointing season, both you and I were able to get on the same page and uh, predict a Broncos victory because Every time you would always ask me first, well, what are the predictions? And I just had this idea that you were going to go against me regardless, just so if the Broncos did lose or win in that particular game, you can just kind of throw it out there and just kind of uh, make me feel bad about it. Am I right or wrong about that, George? Oh, you're 100% right. Okay, okay. You're 100% right. <laughs> Definitely going to make you feel bad about it. But uh but yeah, but Nick, you know, uh, we, we got some good stuff in store uh, in the next few weeks, right? Like I said, lots of stuff coming. This week we'll have we'll have an episode on Tuesday. I believe that'll be our only episode during the week this week. But then moving forward, we'll just do Tuesdays and Thursdays. So for you guys out there that that uh, have us on your schedule, make sure you guys have that in there that that we'll be doing uh, twice a week from here forward. And and, and we again this off season. As you guys know, there is no offseason in the NFL, no, especially not one. There's especially not one with the Broncos. There's always something going on with this team. So uh, we look forward to that. But Nick, uh, thanks, man. Been a great season. Uh, I've really enjoyed it. Um, I know that there wasn't a whole lot of uh, celebrating at times. There was a lot of me coming on here and saying, "Man, the Broncos suck." Um, <laughs> to lead the podcast. So I appreciate you putting me up, putting up with me for that. But uh, but it's been a fun year, fun season, uh, and, and maybe next year we'll be talking about the playoffs at this point. So uh, thanks to everybody who listens. Make sure you guys like and subscribe. And, again, we'll be back on Tuesday uh, talking all things coaching search. <laughs>